TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. It's a two-podcast week, not necessarily my intention, but Wolves owner Glenn Taylor was kind enough to grant us 30 minutes. So we figured, hey, let's make that one podcast by itself. So that was episode 188 that posted on Tuesday. So I figured, hey, I need to unleash some notes about the Twins heading into the winter meetings, the Vikings, the Gophers, and so on. So I will do that here in episode 188. We will start momentarily with Robert Covington's trainer as we get to know more about Robert Covington, who's turning into a fan favorite for Wolves fans. Also, I caught up recently with Paige Beckers. She was at the UConn-Notre Dame game. She is one of the best players in the country in the class of 2020. She is a junior at Hopkins High School, so I caught up with Paige. I can replay that conversation during this particular podcast. Also, while over at Hopkins High School, I caught up with volleyball coach Vicki Swenson, the mom of Samantha Seliger Swenson of the Gophers, who is the Big Ten Player of the Year. So Vicki, with her expertise, offers great insight on the Gophers, her daughter winning the Big Ten player of the year award the gophers heading into friday's match against oregon in the sweet 16 then in all likelihood if they win that match now oregon got the gophers earlier in the season in eugene but if the gophers beat the ducks then in all likelihood they will play nebraska on saturday for the right to go to the final four december 13th at target center the gophers have made the final four two of the three years that seliger swenson has been on the team and they're in a prime spot to make it three of her four years big reason why she is the big 10 player of the year not that it's a lifetime achievement award over her body of work but just everything she has meant to the program has been off the charts so we'll catch up with her mom also i sat down with paul martin longtime nhl player the former gopher on wednesday but i think i will save that retirement conversation for a different podcast but i'm telling you hockey fans i am not ignoring you we'll have tom curvers on a future podcast i texted with brent flair the other day who actually is probably at some point going to end up with chuck fletcher in philadelphia but it might not be now might be sometime in the summer flair does so much leading into the wild draft so i'm not quite sure it makes a lot of sense for GM Paul Fenton to allow Flair to leave right now, but it seems like an end result eventually that Flair will land in Philadelphia. But I promise hockey fans, I am not ignoring you. I was at wild practice earlier in the week, had a chance to catch up with Jason Zucker, some others before they took off for their three-game Canadian trip. I'm all about hockey. I love catching up with Coyotes, Pro Scout, Mike Gensel, so I get my hockey fix, and I will do a better job as we get more into the winter of getting some hockey talk here on the Scoop Podcast. But right now, we'll go to my bread and butter it is basketball it is the nba it is the wolves let's catch up with robert covington's trainer he is jamal richardson jamal it's great to catch up with you it's great to make an acquaintance with you just take us through your background first off your background with robert covington uh yeah we started working with robert myself and uh, my cousin spencer richardson uh, we started working with robert covington um coming out of his last year at tennessee state university um, and kind of just went through his whole pre-draft process and, uh, and you know, through his journey, man, we've, we've just been training with him ever since. And, uh, and it's, it's been great. It's been great to see him evolve and grow and uh, just continue to be, uh, become a better basketball player uh, year by year. So it's been an awesome experience so far. So you're based in Tennessee in the Nashville area, and that's how you connected with Robert Jamal when, when he was at Tennessee State? 
Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, so we're yeah we're based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and um, as mentioned, yeah, we connected with Robert Covington um, his last his, his senior year at Tennessee State University. That's how we were able to link and connect, and we've been uh, we've been training and working with him ever since. You used the word journey. I mean, it has been one heck of a journey for Robert, hasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I think, um, man, just to to see how. He started from the very beginning um, of his process and, um, you know, from being undrafted to um, signing his first contract with the Houston Rockets, going to the D-League and, um, you know, becoming D-League MVP and then making his way to Philly and going through that process and now um, ending up in Minnesota, man. It's been uh, it's been a heck of a journey and he's he's handled it so well and I think that's, what, that's what's able to make him be so successful. He's handled it um, in passive with flying coverage. You know what? Expound on that. I mean, how mentally tough is he? I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, was he not even invited to the combine? Did he get a combine invite late but wasn't initially invited, doesn't get drafted? I mean, a lot of guys were curl up in the fetal position saying, you know what? My NBA dream is dead. I'll need to go overseas, go somewhere else. But my right. chances of making the NBA are minimal. But in this case, I mean, he just fought through it all. And lo and behold, he's now an excellent player. Absolutely, absolutely, and and again, I I think it's all I think for him. Uh, one thing about Robert, man, he is, he's always had a great perspective, um, not just in basketball, but with just life. Period. Um, you know, he's just a firm believer, man. That you know what's meant for him would be for him, but uh, we're just staying the course. I mean, just staying the course and just staying persistent and uh, just trusting that your grind and your hard work is going to pay off. And I mean, it's just it's paid huge dividends for him, man. And um, I mean, we're just extremely proud of him and. Um, you know, now, you know, embarking on this new journey with Minnesota Timberwolves, man, it's been, so far, it's been awesome. It's been great, and um, yeah, he, and he's having a blast. That's the biggest thing. He's having a, a great time, and he's really enjoying the city of uh, Minnesota for sure. I mean, did he have to come around a little bit? I mean, was there some shell shock initially going from Philadelphia to here in Minneapolis? But now, yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, on the court, I mean, as we're sitting here and talking on, on Tuesday night with Robert in the Wolves lineup, I mean, they are 10-3. and three. They're the number two defensive team in those 13 games, and they weren't playing much defense before he got here. They didn't play much defense all of last year. But all of a sudden, they are this excellent defensive team, and Robert has a lot to do with that. But did it take him a little while to adjust to the move here to Minneapolis? Uh, Yeah, it took him a little bit, I would say. Um, You know, from talking to him, and I know, you know, he's been a part of the, you know, Philadelphia 76s, their rebuilding process, and, um, you know, you know. Obviously, when you go through, you know, that experience, man, you know, you know, it feels like home. I mean, you start from started with those guys from the very beginning, and um, and then just seeing, you know, the progression and how far, you know, the Philadelphia organization has come. Um, and he was a big part of that. He was a big part of that um, that transition and that, and that transformation. But um, you know, the same token, um, you know, we kind of just talked about that's just the nature of the business. This is how it, how it works in the NBA. And um, he, you know, took a little time to kind of reflect. And, uh, you know, I think what helped him is that he looked at this as another opportunity to um, to, to embark and uh, just to make something happen and, and do something special, I think. And um, as you see the results of his mentality and mind frame, I just think the energy um, and his, you know, his contagious spirit and his attitude towards, you know, the love for the game, I think is, is really, you know, paid off. And it's also rubbing off, I think, just on the guys in Minnesota, man, and, um, it seems just watching those guys play, man, it just seems like they're having so much fun and they're, and they're just competing and really getting after it. So, um, yeah, so it's, 
he's he's again, man. He's enjoyed it. He's um he's loving it right now. And, you know, I know he wants. He's not. I know he's not even content on uh, where these guys are now. You, I was just talking to him the other day. He really feels like you know they have a chance to do some great things, and he wants to continue for those guys and for the organization to be better. Um, and, and it's there. It's there, no question. So we're just excited, you know, for them. Excited for uh, the team, and just looking forward to it, man. It's been a lot of fun to watch those guys play. How good of a leader is Robert? Awesome leader. Awesome leader. He's a guy. Um, leads by example, uh, but also vocal too. I think what makes him uh, such a good leader is he's able to connect and adapt uh, to guys. Uh, he's able to adapt and connect in, in you know, in terms of guys having dis- different personalities, and uh, he just knows how to talk to people, man. He just knows how to just you know bring good energy around a situation. So, um, so I mean, his leadership, man, and again, you know, with, with being a leader, I mean, not only just vocally, but you got to be able to put the work in behind it. Um, he's a gym rat, um, you know, he stays in the gym, man, works on his craft all the time. Um, and also, man, a student of the game. I mean, he spends a lot of time watching film, you know, watching, um, you know, especially defensively. I think that's his calling card, of course. Um, but he spends a whole lot of time watching film, man. And, um, yeah, he just he likes to set the tone by example. But also, I mean, he's just a, a, a great guy that you can connect with. He's able to just relate to a lot of people in different ways. So, and that's what, that's what makes him have special leadership qualities. With his Chicago background, wearing number 33, is that all about Scottie Pippen? Is that somebody he tries to mirror his game after? Absolutely. I know uh, Scottie, uh, Scottie is one of his his idols, as one of the guys that he's you know really looked up to uh, just from a career standpoint and uh, some someone that he's um, you know tried to pattern his game after. So, I mean, you know, Scottie, obviously, you know, one of the greatest players of all time and um, you know, Robert, you know, kind of has, you know, not in comparison to Scotty, but just in terms of his physical attributes. And, just, you know, he wants to kind of just pattern his game out, you know, off of, you know, just being a defensive guy, uh, you know, being able to be a, a well-rounded player and, um, and then, you know, just being able to affect the game in different ways, you know, the way that Scotty Pippen was able to do. So, um, yeah, so that's that's that was big for him. You know, Scotty Pippen is one of his favorite players, too, of all time. So, Tell a little bit more, Jamal, about what, sort of gym rat he is. Do I have the story right that it was after, I think it was after a playoff game, playoff win last season, and while other guys, I'm sure, went downtown, Center City, Philadelphia, had a good time. I mean, heck, you want to unwind after a game. He circled right. back to the Sixers practice facility like at 11 p.m. or midnight to get some shots up? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's again, he's, he's just not content. Um, you know, especially because <clears throat> he has, you know, he sets high expectations and he has high goals for himself. Um, and again, he wants to be able to, you know, impact the game and, and be as, as important to the piece as possible to help his team win. And so, um, you know, even after, you know, even after a win, you know, he's just not content on just, hey, I, I played a pretty good game or, or it may have been a tough game. Um, he always wants to find a way to get the advantage and just stay on top of things. So, uh, yeah, he went back to the gym, man. After a win, uh, got shots up because he just felt like he just wasn't um, the shot wasn't feeling good at the time, and, and he just wanted to just get the feel back. And you know, so he got in the gym, man, and just you know, stayed in there, man, until he felt comfortable. Yeah, so he, I just said, in the ultimate gym, right, man. And he's you know great. I mean, just a great mentality and great mindset to have. Where can he get better? I mean, as you study his game, I mean, there's still a ceiling. It's not like he's hit his peak, I mean, he'll play in the league for many more years. Where can he get better? Uh, definitely, man. I know for sure uh, one thing that we really spend a lot of time emphasizing on is, you know, being able to put it on the floor, 
um, and also finishing at the rim. That's one area I know he's really spent a lot of time of concentrating on. And then, too, I think uh, I think now he's been put in, op- in a, a position and opportunity to be able to showcase a little bit more uh, beyond his game. So uh, being able to, you know, play within the second level, uh, you know, in that in second level, I like to reference is, you know, the mid-range game. Uh, being able, to, you know, because obviously as a, as a prominent three-point shooter in the league, you know, teams are going to chase you off the line. So you got to be able to score in, in, in a multitude of ways. So, you know, just being comfortable putting on the floor, which I think he's starting to grow into and really uh, be comfortable with, and um, and finishing. You know, again, finishing at the rim. That's one area that we've been spending a lot of time concentrating on and uh, being efficient at that as well. How did his time in the then D League, which is now the G League, how did his time, you know, signing with the Rockets after the draft when I'm sure – Multiple teams came after him, but he chooses to go to Houston, eventually lands in the D-League. How did his experience in the D-League shape the player that he is today? I think it helped him a ton, uh, just from the playing experience standpoint alone, number one. Uh, I think that helped him so much uh, to just build his game, to build his confidence. And, and one thing he's, he's mentioned, and he said on and, you know, hearing him say this on multiple interviews and occasions, um, it was his mindset, I think, that helped him become so successful in the in the G League. Um, you know, obviously, you got you know, as he mentioned, you know, guys can easily take the approach of, you know, looking at you know, looking at playing in the G League as a as a bad situation or or whatever it may be. But I mean, he just took it as an opportunity to have a, a chance to get a, a great playing experience, to step into a leadership position, and to just get better as a basketball player. You know, obviously, you know, playing with the Houston Rockets at that time. You know they had a, a pretty a pretty deep depth chart, and um, so obviously, I mean, hey, it's great to play in the NBA, but you know, also you want to play, you want to get experience, man, you want to be able to grow as a player. So, you know, why not capitalize and utilize that opportunity by playing in the G League and being able to, you know, just work on your game and work on the things that you know, whatever team that you're representing or playing for, uh, being able to, you know, just expand your game and, and be, you know, being called upon, you know, when your time comes. You know, getting the game, you're able to exceed and do the things that you need to do to help the team be successful. So, uh, I think that helped him a ton. I think it, it also showcased, um, allowed him to have the ability to just show, you know, show people what he was made of, and show people his game, you know, and show his impact. Man, so I think the G League by far was one of the best experiences for him, no question about it. Is it safe to say, Jamal, that him signing the big contract hasn't changed a thing? That he's still the same person. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the, the top quality of, of Rob, man. Is, um, he's going to remain who he is re- regardless, no matter what. Um, and, and that's I think that's what has kept him so level. And I think that's what's kept him successful, man. He's still still a funny guy, you know, pretty pretty chill, laid back. and um, Pretty good dancer, too, man. He's not a bad dancer at all. I mean, he's, he's, got, <laughs> he's got some rhythm. He's got some good rhythm, some good flow to him, but uh, he's still the same old guy, man. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, once he, you know, he's around us, man, and just people, period. Uh, he never changes, man. I think that's what makes him so cool, and so awesome. I'll leave you with this, Jamal. Is Robert a better person or a better player? Better person, um, hands down. Better person. Uh, just a guy that he's humble. Uh, he's come from humble beginnings. His his family, man, they're, they're, they're beautiful, awesome people, and, and that's the reason why he's the person that he is, man. So I mean, it's. It's, it's it's great to be a great basketball player, but I think it's you know just as important to be a better person off the court. Um, so by far, I man, he's an awesome guy, and I think uh, I think the city of Minneapolis, man, I think Minnesota Timberwolves fans, man, I think they're going to get a 
a great kick out of Jordan Rob, man, because he's an awesome guy. He's a he's a relatable guy, uh, blue collar, hard nosed, you know, hard nosed guy that just loves to have fun and to bring energy and excitement and and uh, just you know wants to see the team win. He puts the team first before anything, and and, um, and more importantly, man, he puts he keeps things in perspective. So. Yeah, he's a great guy. I, I definitely have to go with that. As we get to know him, I mean, is he Rob? Is he Robert? Is he Rocco? I mean, what do you what do you normally call him? Um, you know, we we know we just keep it simple, man. We call him Rob. I mean, the nicknames I think started coming, you know, in Philly when you know once he started to you know, get some success, man. So he's got he got quite a few nicknames, man. Rocco, Rob, they call him, you know, big you know big shot Bob, and it's a, a whole a whole lot of things, man. But you know, we just keep it simple, man. He comes back comes back to Nashville, we just call him Rob. We just keep it simple, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Jamal, and I'm sure you'll be in town soon. Let's definitely connect in person when you're at Target Center. Absolutely, absolutely. No question about it. That was Jamal Richardson, one of the trainers for Wolves forward Robert Covington. He is active on Twitter. Give him a follow on Twitter at All Around Game 10. Jamal Richardson at All Around Game 10, a basketball trainer based in Nashville. I'll get to a few Wolves notes coming up in a second, including a report from The Athletic that the Wolves have talked to the Knicks about a certain player, some trade talk but is it true or is it not true i'll have the answer in just a second let me give some love to one of the sponsors of the scoop podcast this week it's actually another podcast i'm all about promoting podcasts hey if you're listening to a podcast that is good the more you consume podcasts the better it is for a lot of us i was just texting with Derek rose's agent bj armstrong the former bull he does a podcast for Podcast One. He'll actually be on this podcast in the coming weeks. I'm telling you, I want you to listen to that podcast. I want you consuming as many podcasts as possible, including That's Gold with Steve Heitner. You may know Steve if you're a Seinfeld fan. He was Jerry's annoying comedian friend, Kenny Bania. He coined the term That's Gold, Jerry. On That's Gold, Steve is joined by co-host Rich Johnson to talk about everything guys love. Sports, sports betting, movies, comedy, food, drink, music, parties in Las Vegas. They do it five days a week. It's like having a conversation with your buddies at a bar. A bar where famous guests often show up to shoot the breeze. Check out That's Gold with Steve Heitner on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, notes galore. Then we will finish with Paige Beckers and Vicky Swenson. Or maybe I'll mix in Beckers a little bit sooner, but we will finish this podcast with volleyball talk with Vicky Swenson, Samantha Seliger Swenson's mom. There was a report from The Athletic, the New York City-based athletic branch, that the Wolves have talked to the Knicks about guard Frank Nilakina. I am told that is incorrect have that from both sides the wolves have not shown interest in nilakina also nothing is close overall on the wolves trade front we did have glenn taylor on the last podcast if anything glenn is overly honest he said nothing has been brought to his attention the wolves are always calling teams talking to teams you know the phone lines are open so they are open-minded especially on tolliver maybe a guard but nothing is even remotely close the suns have maintained interest in tyus jones but again Nothing is close with the Phoenix Suns. Recall when Derrick Rose re-upped with the Wolves last summer. It was like two minutes in the free agency that the news broke that he was re-signing with the Wolves on a one-year minimum deal. Turns out he actually had a few comparable offers, although the Lakers were not one of the offers. I checked on this. I was curious because the Lakers offered him in March when he chose the Wolves over the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. The Pelicans and Thunder have maintained or did maintain interest 
Rob Palenka and the Lakers did not. Nonetheless, Derrick Rose is pretty much married to Tom Thibodeau. Whatever you think of Tibbs, Rose, who's having a phenomenal year, thinks the world of Tibbs, so he wanted to be back in Minnesota. He really enjoyed his time when he joined the Wolves in March after a negative experience in Cleveland. On Anthony Tolliver, I'm told the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Sixers, and Lakers are monitoring his situation here. Now, I've been asked about the Rockets. Logically, the Rockets make a ton of sense. Daryl Morey is on the lookout for some wing help. So it would make logical sense if the Rockets have interest in Tolliver. I'm just telling you, I've not heard that specifically. No fancy swoosh this episode to segue from team to team. I will just do it verbally. So we will transition to a few Vikings notes. I am told they absolutely want to keep defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson. Now, I'm sure that's not breaking news where I can advance that is I'm told there's actually been some external dialogue there's been some back and forth or at least some sort of conversation that has started on an extension now no sense whatsoever that anything is even remotely close this might be something that is looked at more so in March but the headline would be the Vikings absolutely want to keep Sheldon Richardson beyond this year he of course signed a one-year deal the Seahawks lowballed him Vikings came in one year in the $8 million range. The Seahawks tried to retain his services for somewhere in the vicinity of four and a half to $5 million. He has been very, very good on that defensive line. Looking at the Thursday injury report, Xavier Rhodes is good to go. Doug Baldwin, though, banged up for Seattle. But if Baldwin plays on Monday, presumably Rhodes will see Baldwin a ton. Now, with Tyler Lockett, you would love to have Trey Waynes. Waynes did not practice on Thursday. There is concern, but hey, It's encouraging that he was able to watch practice, not like he had to sit in a dark room, but he did suffer his second brain injury, his second concussion of the season in the loss at New England. So that's a tricky situation, but worth monitoring. But I can tell you, if there's a chance for Waynes to pass the concussion protocol and play on Monday to defend Tyler Lockett, that would be a big-time win for the Vikings' chances in that game. David Morgan and Chad Beebe both did not practice. I was told Beebe was like 75-25 or 70-30 entering the week on Morgan. I was told about the same. Now, if Morgan doesn't play on Monday, I fully expect him back for the Miami game. He got hurt in the Lions game. Beebe, did he get hurt in the Lions game? I can't remember if it was the Lions game or the Bears game. It might have been. No, it wasn't. It was in a practice. It was actually a Wednesday practice that Beebe Hurt his hamstring. So hamstrings, as we know, are pretty darn tricky. So hopefully the Vikings can get healthy at some point. Eric Kendricks did not practice on Thursday. My intel is, at least texting to a few people, there isn't legitimate concern that he won't play on Monday, especially going against his brother, Michael Kendricks. But always on injuries. Injuries are fluid. You know, heck, Andrew Sandejo was supposed to come back a couple weeks ago. Then he has a setback, you know. So injuries are incredibly tricky, but I wanted to pass along what I had heard. The Vikings had a bunch of Canadian Football League players in for workouts on Wednesday. Quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell, cornerback Winston Rose, defensive back slash linebacker, at least that's how it was listed in the NFL transaction report. Chris Ackey, wide receiver Deontay Spencer, and linebacker Jameer Thurman. All right, let's transition to the Twins. I have a plethora of Twins notes. The Twins agreeing, at least verbally, to a deal with Jonathan Scope, the free agent second baseman, on Thursday afternoon, one year, $7.5 million, plus incentives. I'm told Scope underwent a physical Thursday late morning, early afternoon, not in the Twin City. So the Twins were still awaiting the results. They want to study that physical before he actually puts pen to paper 
and officially signs. But presuming that the physical went okay, Jonathan Scope to the Twins, one year, $7.5 million. They also signed infielder Ronald Torres. It's a two-way deal. He still has an option. He could be sent to the minors. I'm sure he's insurance for Andrianza, who underwent surgery. When was that? A handful of, what, weeks or months ago. I had Derek Falvey in 1500 ESPN. He did say Andrianza is on pace to be ready for spring training. But just in case, they signed the former Yankee Torres. And if he makes the major league team, $800,000. But I think it's a safe bet that it will be either Torres or Andrianza, not both on the 25-man opening day roster. All right, where to begin on all these notes? All right, on DJ LeMahieu, how about this? They had enough talks with DJ LeMahieu's agent, Jed Lowry's agent, but I'm told no offer was extended to LeMahieu. I don't know on Lowry, but I think Scope fits what they were looking for. Scope was all about getting a one-year deal. The Twins were looking for a one-year fix there at second base, so the marriage made all sorts of sense. Nate Evaldi re-signed with the Red Sox, got a ton of money with his Rays connection. I thought, hey, maybe the Twins would be in on Evaldi. I am told in hindsight, no, the Twins never had any sort of serious interest in Nate Evaldi. I'm Patrick Corbin getting the big deal from the Nationals. The Twins talked to his agent, but as I passed along a couple weeks ago on this podcast, the price point was too high and no surprise. Six years, $144 million. The Twins are not giving a six-year, $144 million deal to any free agent pitcher. There is zero sense that there's any sort of momentum on a Twins Diamondbacks trade. Now, they did talk. They've had conversations. You know, Goldschmidt's name came up, although the Twins never came close to completing a trade for Paul Goldschmidt. But I've been asked about Zach Granke. Hey, what about Zach Granke? He's got the no trade to the Twins. Would Granke, if the Twins got down a path with Arizona, gained momentum on a trade, would Granke even waive his no trade clause to come into Minnesota? I'm told by a Twins official that the answer in all likelihood, a strong likelihood, is no. Zach Granke would not waive his no trade clause to come to Minnesota, but I can't stress this enough. There is zero sense that the Twins and Diamondbacks have even discussed Zach Granke. The two sides have talked, that I know, but certainly Arizona has a number of guys that are available, so not necessarily Granke, although maybe his name came up, but if it did, there's zero sense that Granke would waive his no-trade clause to come to Minnesota. The Twins have interest in free agent reliever Tony Sipp. They have interest in free agent reliever Adam Warren. They have requested medical records on a bunch of different guys. Those are two names to keep an eye on. No, at least no so far on any Joaquin Soria interest. Hey, the Twins finally are registering interest in free agent DH Nelson Cruz. I mean, loosely, he's been connected to the Twins, but for those first few weeks of free agency, there was zero back and forth the Cruz camp, and the Twins. That has now changed. We'll keep an eye on Nelson Cruz. The Twins have had dialogue with Scott Boros and the Levinson brothers. Those agencies represent a ton of free agents, from Keuchel to Gonzalez to Boxberger to Familia to Kelly to others. So we'll keep an eye on that, but there's no sense at this point that the Twins are heavily in on, for example, Familia, or that they're heavily in on Dallas Keuchel or Marwin Gonzalez, but the Twins doing their due diligence. They certainly have reached out. I will pass along that one agent who reps a Twins player told me that the buzz that he is hearing is the Twins have a lot of balls in the air with free agency and trades. Now on Thursday, they completed two deals. So those were two balls they had up in the air with Scope and Torres. Those deals are done, by the way, as I'm recording this portion of the Scoop podcast. Wrapping up this Scoop podcast, the Twins officially announced the Scope deal, so not a surprise. But on the trade front, yeah, the Twins are very open-minded to making trades. Much like last winter, this front office 
is not married to any one player. Now, would I bet on them trading Jose Barrios? No, I think it's a safe bet that Barrios is here come April, but they are very open-minded. So whether it's an outfielder like Max Kepler, somebody else on the 25-man roster, if the right offer is made, the Twins will pull the trigger. I've also certainly heard the buzz that Patrick Royce has. I know Royce on 1500 ESPN in the last handful of days said he hears that the Twins opening day payroll will be somewhere in the vicinity of $100 million, so significantly less than last year's opening day payroll. Yes, that would not be surprising. I don't think that they are breaking the bank this winter. They certainly are continuing to look at moves, certainly adding an arm in the bullpen, an arm to the starting rotation. So it's not like they're just completely giving up on the 2019 season, but I do sense internally they feel like that they are far, far away from the class of the American League, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros. So they can use 2019 as an evaluation year. You need to figure out who you have in Byron Buxton, who you have in Miguel Sano, maybe some others. What does a full season of Jorge Polanco look like? So they can use 2019 to evaluate a bit more before deciding what direction they will go. But, hey, the American League Central – Looks wide open. It looks like the Indians will lose Andrew Miller, Cody Allen, Michael Brantley. They may end up trading either Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer. So on paper, the Indians are going to take a massive step backwards. The White Sox are trying to sign Bryce Harper, but I'm not quite sure a lot of people in the industry believe that Harper ultimately ends up there, although money talks. So if they offer him the most money, maybe he ends up in a White Sox uniform. But the White Sox don't land Bryce Harper. Are they still rebuilding? Certainly the Royals are rebuilding and the Tigers are rebuilding. So while the Central is there for the taking, I don't expect massive, massive moves by the Twins this offseason, but I still expect a move or two or maybe even three after adding Crone, Torres, and Scope. Although, again, Torres is not a lock to be on the 25-man roster. Gophers men's basketball notes under 10,000 people at the barn on Wednesday night for the win over Nebraska. This is, what, year six for Richard Pitino? Never before in a conference game. So year six under Pitino, never before in a conference game had there been under 10,000 people in the barn. So that is certainly alarming when we start wondering about whether Richard Pitino will get a seventh year. Now, hey, if they end up winning more games, if they make a run, if they win an NCAA tournament game, hey, of course Richard Pitino will be back for year seven. But the way recruiting is going and the Big Ten is uber competitive, if this year goes south at any point, I think we do have to start wondering about the future of Richard Pitino. He did have a few recruits in the house on Wednesday. Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy, Chet Holmgren of Minnehaha Academy. He's a sophomore big man and junior from Hopkins, Kerwin Walton. All three, Suggs, by the way, is a junior. All three have Gophers offers. And yes, Holmgren's dad, David, did play for the Gophers many, many years ago. So Chet Holmgren has a connection, a maroon and gold connection. And by the way, Minnehaha Academy and Hopkins play on Tuesday. I wish I didn't have a night commitment that night. Heck, I'd love to be there. Hopkins against Minnehaha Academy. Eric Curry back as soon as Saturday's game. Knee injury, here's what we know. I mean, bottom line, I mean, the Gophers have a bunch of cupcakes. They've played a really competitive schedule so far. So, heck, good for them. They get some cupcakes here the rest of December. The next game that has real meaning is the game at Wisconsin in early January. I mean, unless Curry has some sort of setback after he comes back, Curry will be back for that game. But I'm told he could be back playing as soon as Saturday. Matthew Hurt, who the Gophers want badly, had a good business trip. I was told a good business trip to Kentucky. He took an official visit to Kentucky last weekend. He'll have upcoming official visits to Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas in the next three months. Memphis, Villanova, 
And yes, for right now, the Gophers are still in his mix. On the Gophers football front, it is a huge recruiting weekend with some pretty good uncommitted slash flip targets coming to campus. They are looking at some wide receivers, some defensive linemen, some defensive backs, commitments will also be there. Early signing day starts on December 19th. So guys like Jason Williamson of Oatana, Cole Kramer of Eden Prairie, Peter Udoibach of Creton, Darham Hall, those guys will be on campus for visits this weekend, then sign on the dotted line on December 19th. P.J. Fleck, it's why I'm still a believer and have been a believer from day one. He is a master recruiter. Him, his staff, they are excellent at recruiting. We saw it at Western Michigan. We are seeing it now. Heck, we saw it with last year's recruiting class, getting those two offensive linemen from IMG Academy and other examples. Rashad Bateman, remember Bateman had a Georgia offer. His home state Georgia Bulldogs come in at the last second. He tells them no to sign with the Gophers. I'm telling you, Fleck and company can recruit. On hockey, it was a big alum weekend last weekend. In talking to Paul Martin on Wednesday, he was there. He had a blast. I know that Don Lucia, remember Don Lucia is still working for the university. I'm told he is trying to get some former players to commit some pretty good money to donating locker stalls. But apparently Don could not make the gathering last weekend. Now, I'm sure there's a legitimate reason for that, but I do know that there were some alum that raised their eyebrows wondering where Don was last weekend. Also, Paul Martin, I'll play that conversation on a future podcast, him talking about retirement and what's next. On the what's next angle, he's probably not going back to school until next September. He does want to finish his degree, but he has a dialogue with Bob Motzko about helping out the Gophers men's hockey team, and right now he's helping out the Elk River boys hockey team. He, of course, is a legend there in Elk River. Former Elk River Elk led them to the state tournament in his junior year, then won Mr. Hockey his senior year. Trying to think if I have anything else written down. Nothing that's uber important, so let me play my conversation with Paige Beckers. She is somebody that Lindsay Whalen wants badly. Lindsay Whalen saw her in person Last Saturday, Muffet McGraw, the head coach at Notre Dame, was in about a week or so ago. Paige went to the Notre Dame-UConn game on Sunday, drove down there. She didn't get back until like 3, 4 in the morning, then had to wake up a couple hours later for school on Monday morning. But she told me the visit to South Bend was phenomenal. It was fantastic to be there for the Notre Dame-UConn game. So anyway, I was over at Hopkins High School the other day. Here's my conversation with one of the best players in the country, if not the best player in the country in the class of 2020, guard Paige Beckers. Paige, let's just start with you guys are 4-0 so far. You know, you've had multiple weeks of practice. Do you like what you see so far from your team? Yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing. We're a really young group, and but we're willing to work. So as long as we continue to work and have that mentality, I see us going up from here. And, I mean, year in and year out, the expectation is always really really high right I mean it's it's state championship or bust I mean so no different this year even with the young group yeah exactly uh past three years we came up short we've gotten all the way to the state championship game and for a lot of teams that would be really good for the past three years and like eight out of the nine last years we've been to the championship so but we're not satisfied with that that's the difference between like this Hopkins program like we want the state championship and if we don't get it it's really nothing say we but how about I me I mean you've accomplished everything except win that state championship how much does it weigh on your mind uh exactly like i've accomplished so much but just winning the state championship here at hopkins is definitely something that i want to get checked off 
I mean, do you just marvel at some of the young talent? I mean, you're now, you know, kind of the elder statesman in some ways with all these eighth and ninth graders out here. I know. It's crazy to think I'm an upperclassman. I've been here for so long, and I've always been the youngest kid. But seeing all the talent we have here now and just how they're freshmen, eighth graders, seventh graders, I see them all going high D1, and it's amazing to watch. And, I mean, a lot of them have high D1, right? I mean, the Gophers have offered three of your teammates. I mean, how amazing is that? It's awesome to get to get to play with these guys, and they're willing to learn from me and our coaching staff, and they're really coachable, and they don't take it defensive or take cr- criticism bad, so they're willing to work, and I love it. Blow you away. I mean, how often? I mean, we could look forward to the next 20 years. I don't know how many local teams are going to have four players that have home state, hometown, Minnesota Gophers offers. I mean, you just put into words how amazing that is. Yeah, it leaves me speechless, like, four kids in the same high school team not a lot of kids get that offer from the whole state so just having that on our team is it's amazing while we have you i mean where are things with you individually on on the recruiting you know front Uh, i'm still down to 10 schools i haven't taken a lot of visits i've been pretty busy here but i was just at the uconn notre dame game that was it was really fun to watch and i'm looking to narrow it down after this after this high school season and take a couple more visits before aau I understand the Notre Dame coach was recently at one of your games. Lindsay's been to your games. I mean, is it overwhelming, or are you enjoying this process? I'm enjoying it a lot. The coaches know that when I need my space, I'll keep my space, but I talk to them and build relationships everywhere, and it's just fun. It's really fun. I mean, at what point will you narrow that list? So you're at 10. I mean, is it going to go to five at some point, maybe after the season then? Yeah, I'll probably narrow it down to five. And even if I'm ready to commit, then I, I don't know what the road will lead to. But, yeah, I'll look to narrow it down after this season. This is our first time talking to you since you won. Was it a 3 and 3 gold medal in Argentina? Take us through that experience. Oh, it was really fun. It was, it was definitely different basketball than five-on-five. Five. The three-on-three, three, it was half court, and it was a 12-second shot clock. And, it was in Argentina, and the crowd was crazy, and it was outside. It was just a really different different atmosphere, but being able to represent my country and win another gold medal leaves me speechless. Was Carol Lawson your coach, or what was her involvement? Yeah, she was our coach. She didn't really want us to call her coach because she saw us as just an individual, but yeah, she was our coach, and I liked her a lot. What do you think about her legendary status in the game? I mean, what's your bond like with her now? We're really close, just being able to spend two weeks out of the country with each other, and we practiced a lot before that, and yeah, exactly. She's a legend. She's, I think, a, a goat in my eyes, and just being able to learn from her, it's amazing. Where individually do you want to get better? What are you working on individually this season? Uh, just consistency um, in my shooting and my defense and just getting stronger definitely and getting quicker. I mean, are you a one at the next level? Do you want to be a one, two, and have some position flexibility? What are coaches telling you about the position you'll play at the next level? Uh, they're just telling me they'll play where they need me to play, and I'm fine with that. I'm probably definitely a guard spot, one, two, or three, but I don't really have a specific spot that I'm, like, nailed down to, so I'm, I would consider myself a combo guard. At least Lindsey Whalen allows the Gophers to be on Beckers' radar, but as I've said before, I'll reiterate it now, it is really hard to compete with the Blue Bloods, both for Richard Patino and for the women's program. Lindsey Whalen will do a great job recruiting. She's doing a great job coaching albeit Marlene Stallings' players, although I'm convinced the best recruiting job that Lindsay has done so far was convincing Kenesha Bell to not graduate transfer. I know for a fact teams reached out to Kenesha trying to get her to graduate transfer, and she said no. She is a WNBA player. She is phenomenal. So Whalen did a great job convincing Bell to stay put. But I'm just saying when it comes to the best of the best, McDonald's All-Americans, it is really hard for the local programs, men and women, 
to keep the players in state. But Whalen at least gives the Gophers a chance on Beckers. Maybe Beckers doesn't end up with the Gophers. If I had to bet, she doesn't. You know, hard to beat UConn or Notre Dame or other big, big time programs. But at least Lindsey Whalen gives the Gophers some sort of chance. All right, on the volleyball scene, we'll get to Vicki Swenson in just a second. She's the Hopkins volleyball coach, also the mom of Samantha Seliger Swenson, former Hopkins High School star, the Big Ten Player of the Year for the Gophers. But let me give some brief love to my bookie, mybookie.com. Think about heading into yet another fun football weekend, all sorts of different bets you can make. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie has phenomenal reviews. It's a super friendly mobile site. Just Google my bookie. You can see all the great reviews. So go to mybookie, mybookie.com, sign up, use the promo code SCOOP. Promo code SCOOP, and you'll get all sorts of benefits. They will match you deposit dollar for dollar on deposits over $100. If you deposit, by the way, after 6 p.m. Central, you get $25 thrown your way. Trust me, they take care of you. So just remember the promo code SCOOP when you go to mybookie.com to sign up. Mybookie, mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. How much fun will it be on Friday afternoon at Maturi Pavilion? On the campus of the University of Minnesota, the Gophers volleyball team takes on the Oregon Ducks. They lost to Oregon earlier in the season in Eugene, so the Gophers can get revenge. I know they are very much looking forward to this matchup. If the Gophers win, they will play on Saturday. In all likelihood, it would be a team that they know very well, a team they would match up against that they know very well. It would be, in all likelihood, Nebraska. Now, Nebraska could lose to Kentucky on Friday afternoon, but it looks like the Gophers and Nebraska are on a collision course on Saturday at Maturi Pavilion with the winner then making it to the Final Four at Target Center on December 13th. The Gophers are in a good spot to win a national championship. They can win all six matches without leaving Minneapolis. The Gophers are a great, great team to watch. It is electric in Maturi Pavilion. I'm telling you, if you've never been to a volleyball match, go. It's not an easy ticket to get, but if you can get there this weekend, get there. It is a really fun time, and they play super competitive, high-level volleyball. So anyway, Vicki Swenson is the mom of Samantha Seliger Swenson. I caught up with Vicki when I was over at Hopkins High School to talk to Paige Beckers and the girls' basketball team. I figured, hey, two birds, one stone. I'm here. Let's knock out a couple angles. So I caught up with Vicki Swenson, volleyball coach of Hopkins, to talk about her daughter winning Big Ten Player of the Year, the Gophers, and more. Here's my conversation with Vicki Swenson. Vicki, from your standpoint, just how much fun is this right now, watching your daughter perform on the biggest stage possible? It's just been so much fun. It's We have to pinch ourselves sometimes, like, is this real? Is this really happening? Um, but we're just so proud, and we're just happy to be spectators watching and cheering, and it's exciting. Does the, speaking of spectators, you know, watching and cheering, does, does the cheering section for Sam, does it grow that much bigger when the match is that much bigger? Well, my husband calls me Vicky Master, like Ticket Master, because I might own an enormous amount of uh, tickets. But yeah, we have so many people and I have so many ticket requests because people know I have them and I buy them. And uh, yeah, we can fill up a, a good section at the PAV. All right, let's circle back to last week. How did you find out the news that your daughter was the Big Ten Player of the Year? You know, um, she called me and swore me to secrecy and which I did. I didn't even tell dad. Uh, I let him find out on Twitter. Um, but we were both just so surprised and so excited. And, you know, and then I quickly, we, we talked about how these are team awards and, and she just kind of gave me the eye roll like, yeah, mom, I know. 
<laughs> been there before. You were really surprised, though? I mean, knowing how good she is, how good the team is, was it that much of a surprise? Yes and no. Um, you never know how people view other other players' performances and, and what they bring. And um, I think if you were to talk to her coaching staff, of course, they would say it's a, a worthy award. Um, but, you know, you just never know how people vote. So, yeah, we are pleasantly surprised. How about just the run that she's been on? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the year before she joined, did they miss the NCAA tournament? And then all of a sudden she gets there, and it's been just success after success. Yeah, people talk about that. And one thing that, that you have to remember is that the players that were already there were a year older when she got there, a year more experienced, and she just stepped into um, a position where she had the talent around her, and I think it was just finding the right pieces and putting them together. And obviously Hugh is, is a, the, the master at that, and so it was just a great situation for her. You sound way too humble, though. I mean, the importance of her position being the setter, I mean, a lot of it is her, isn't it? You know, I think a lot of it is just her personality because she's not a real flashy, showy player. Um, she's she's a quiet leader. She's not super vocal, not in your face. Um, and so I think she leads in a different way. And I think that's just her personality. She doesn't like the attention, and, and I may be that way as well. Um, but she, she would rather have you shine and set you the ball and you get the, the kill and the point. And um, that's just who she is. Yeah, with the cliche is one match at a time, but how do you not look ahead to Target Center December 13th, December 15th, and think about the Gophers, the hometown Gophers, her potentially winning a national championship? Well, I think we, as family and friends and, and fans of the, the Gophers, we, of course, look ahead. They're not allowed to. So when we're talking with her or around her, of course, we keep it cool. You know, and oh, just think about today. Um, but of course, we think about it. You, we're human and we can't help it. But we're, we're trying to stay focused and um, and make sure that that's where we are, too. So, But it's, it's exciting and you can't help but not think about it. It would be obviously a dream come true, but you don't always get what you want either. So... It is what it is. Are you always mom with her, or are you sometimes coach still with her? You know, I'm. it's been a great transition. Um, Hugh gets to worry about the volleyball stuff, and I get to be mom. I get to worry about if she wears her helmet with her scooter on campus. I get to worry about how she did on her exams, and I get to worry about all the mom things. And so it's just been this great transition that was weird at first, but, um, you know, she's in good hands with that coaching staff, and I just get to be mom and just cheer. We, do, we really don't even talk volleyball a whole lot. I mean, if you're sitting there, though, I mean, you have those courtside seats, all those season tickets you just referenced. I mean, are you analyzing? Are you watching the game differently than others just with your background? Oh, yeah. You probably don't want to sit by me. I, I probably say dumb things under my breath um, and try to explain things to my husband or the poor guy next to me. Um, but, you know, it's fun. I try to play it cool, but on the inside, sometimes I'm dying, but it's fun. Right, well, put on your coach's head. I mean, as you watch the Gophers play, what makes them so special? Oh, I just think they're so balanced um, offensively and defensively. And Samantha, and, and she has said this many times, and it's true, she has so many options. And it, it, for a setter, that is a dream come true. You know, she can just get the pass from her great defensive players and then kind of pause and go, okay, who's got the hot hand right now and what's the block doing on the other side? And it's just been really fun to see that part of her game grow because they are so good at so many different things. From one coach to another, how good of a coach is Hugh? 
You know, I think the volleyball community knows and appreciates how, how fortunate we are to have Hugh. I think um, kind of that non-volleyball community is starting to recognize, like, he's the best in the world. He's amazing. And he's done such a great job of educating us as high school coaches and helping grow the game just on the girls' side, but also on the boys' side. And I've learned a ton from him in four years, and I haven't played for him. So he, he's great to help educate us. How do you analyze the brackets? I mean, Oregon got them earlier in the year. You know, Nebraska is always going to be formidable if you end up playing Nebraska in the Elite Eight. Then you look at, you know, potential Final Four matchup, a championship match. I mean, it's a stacked bracket, isn't it, what they're up against? There's so much parity across the board. And it was fun to be at the selection show because when Oregon's name was called and it was the reaction of the team, I perceived it as they took it as a challenge, like bring it on, um, you know, and that was a fun thing to see instead of, you know, you can, you can control what you can control and it is what it is. They're in our bracket and we want to advance. You have to beat them. So I think they're, they're up for the challenge. Your conversations with Sam, I mean, does she talk about how, how close-knit the team is? I mean, just from afar, it seems like the chemistry is through the roof. You know, there have been a couple times earlier in the season when she just said, I think because she was so surprised, she just said, I love this team. I love these girls so much. And not that I hadn't heard that before, but it was just how she said it, and it was just different, and it just I knew it was special. Can you speak to just how big a deal having the Final Four in our backyard is, whether the Gophers are in it or not? just speaks to just the growth of volleyball here in the state of Minnesota. You know, Minnesotans love volleyball. And I think, you know, it'd be great if the Gophers are in the, the national championships. If they're not, I think the, the Target Center is still going to be packed. I think the city of Minneapolis is a wonderful host for all these NCAA events. And I, I think they're going to do a great job. It's just a bonus if the Gophers are in it. All the best to my alma mater's volleyball team this weekend as they attempt to secure a berth in the Final Four at Target Center next week. By the way, my colleague, my good friend, Chris Long, went over to Concordia St. Paul. He talked to the volleyball coach there. Concordia St. Paul is one of the best, if not the best, Division II volleyball program with all their national championships. She caught up with Kennedy Orr of Egan, who might be the best sophomore in the country. He did a sit-down with Samantha Seliger-Swenson. He did a sit-down with Hugh McCutcheon. So we are airing a big piece on Channel 5, Channel 5, or after it airs, you know, late Sunday or Monday morning, it'll be on kstp.com backslash sports. But if you're in the Twin Cities area or in our Channel 5 viewing area, so out of the metro, but certainly we extend north, south, east, and west. If you're into volleyball and you get Channel 5, watch us Sunday night at 1045. Chris Long is doing a lengthy piece on the popularity of volleyball here in the state of Minnesota. All right, that does it for Scoop Podcast episode 189. Always appreciate you listening. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. 
And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.